Hello and welcome to Automators. My name is Rosemary Orchard and I'm here with David Sparks and we're going to talk about making your technology do hopefully everything for you. Hey David, how are you today? Great, Rose. I am very excited about talking automation with my automation buddy, Rose. Oh yeah. Yeah, because we are, of course, joined by a guest today and that guest is none other than the fabulous, the amazing Joe Bulick. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks, team. Thanks for having me. Of course. When I looked at Skype and it said I hadn't talked to you in over a year, I felt really bad. I was kind of sad. So I'm, I'm glad you came on the show, Joe. It is very last minute, but I was very excited to see your text about it. So yeah. I'm excited to be here. It'll be a good one. Well, we, we're going to talk today about the OmniFocus automation, which is a very powerful automation tool that OmniGroup has added. Actually, it applies to all of their apps, but OmniFocus Nerds Unite, right? Um and Joe uh, is someone who's published on this and written scripts for it, and uh, and also just a great automator and a nerdy guy. So we thought we got to get you on the show anyway. So so thanks for coming. Certainly, certainly. I know OmniFocus is one of those tools that I feel like I've like I cut my teeth scripting on the Mac with OmniFocus. So this is like right up my wheelhouse. Super yeah. excited about it back home <laughs> yeah yeah and actually one of the things i really love about this joe is you're the person who got me into really creating my own omnifocus uh or omni automation scripts for omnifocus because years ago you wrote this task pa a parser script which used um the transport text thing and i used that for years with apple script and i realized that i really wanted it on my phone as well and that's the one of the first scripts i created so i was really glad to see that you've done an official updated version of that yeah uh, recently because that's honestly one of the things that helps keep my OmniFocus working, um, just having automation options and the ability to have tasks appear at the right time. That's really cool. I didn't know that's what uh, helped you get into it. I've seen a lot of your scripts, Rose, but that's that's kind of cool. I didn't know I had inspired you. That's exciting. Y you did. And I'm very grateful for that because it really got me to dive more into scripting uh, OmniFocus inside of OmniFocus instead of outside of it with yeah. Keyboard Maestro and drafts and, and shortcuts, which are all, of course, great ways to automate, you know, a task management system. But sometimes you just really need to get inside it and, and go nuts. And uh, that's that's where I'm I'm really having a lot of fun recently. Sure, sure. OK, now, before we get started, there's some there's something I need to sort out here. OK. Joe Bulig has made a reputation for himself on the internet as, and this is what he calls himself, Analog Joe, right? <laughs> Just yes. so I'm clear, right? Yep, you are correct. <laughs> yeah, you do videos on how you do your tasks in your little paper notebook with your fancy fountain pen. And then you get these like these amazing OmniFocus scripts that just show up once in a while. I I need clarification, Joe. What exactly are you doing? <laughs> I am confusing everybody as best I can. That is my one and only task recently on the internet. But yes, uh, I run a site, analogjoe.com, which is all about basically managing your life in a in a notebook or in the analog space. But I tend to have a pretty strong emphasis on the digital as well. And that's primarily because a lot of what I focus on is how does the analog help impact what I do digitally and vice versa? Like, how do I pick yeah. the right tool for the task? Because so much of what we can do on the computer, like if, if I spend so much time on the computer, it ends up just being a place that I hang out as opposed to a tool to get a task accomplished. And 
for me, whenever I've when I've figured that out and I started moving a lot of like my daily task lists and my long term project lists and such to pen and paper, it made the computer more of a a thing that accomplishes certain actions for me as opposed to let's go hang out on the computer for seven hours. So for me, that really helps. My ADD is very grateful for that change. But I still have some pretty heavy OmniFocus uses, uh, of course, just which is why some of the scripting and stuff comes out. And my primary use for that in the the last couple of months has been primarily for managing like templated projects. I, I mean, we all have these, right? You've got a, a certain a piece of, say, take a blog article where you've got a checklist of things that you always have to do for it, the things you always forget, like, you know, tweeting about the fact that you wrote a blog post. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have all these tasks that you need, and it's always in this checklist form, at least I think it should be. And I have a lot of these that I have happening on a regular basis. And it just, to me, it doesn't make sense to try to manage that in a, a paper notebook when I could just click a button and here's a templated project type in a name and I'm done like that that to me is gold and that's my primary reason I've got OmniFocus in the mix I of course have a lot of other tools that I use as well but yeah I use the two of them to interface with each other pretty heavily yeah I mean I feel like OmniFocus and they used to sponsor Mac Power users so you know consider right. me a shill but the um I, I've been using them forever I, I just spent two weeks in Todoist because everybody's been talking about it so long and it really isn't OmniFocus, you know. I mean, it's just like the automation. There's a couple things about it, but the automation is one of the reasons I like it. Because, like you, I have many, many automated projects where I throw a shortcut or push a button and something takes off. And and I understand the difference between your analog and your digital system. Um, I kind of look at the same idea with time blocking. It's that you know. My task list is infinite. My time is finite. So, you know, a task manager that lets me surface the things I actually want to work on so I can address them somewhere else, whether it's in a paper notebook or on my calendar, um, is something really powerful to have. Yeah, for sure. I know, like, for me, I end up making a list on the the notebook every morning. And that's the list I work off of, which has me going to the computer and then off the computer back and forth quite a bit throughout the day. Yeah. Well, um, the Omni group, and I guess we should talk about kind of your history with automation before we get into it, but the Omni group has done something pretty remarkable with their own automation language. But, but how did you get started with automation? With automation in general? Honestly, I, I think it was Omni focus to be completely honest. I don't, I don't, know that for sure but i know i started blogging back in 2014 which seems like ages ago at this point yeah. and i had an article that i wrote about my omnifocus setup and workflow which is way back at this point and it did pretty well and i had a few things that i was wanting omnifocus to do at the time but it wouldn't do those so I started exploring like, okay, how do I get certain things into it? Because that was my big thing is I was trying to keep everything in OmniFocus at the time. Yeah. So I was exploring some of the Siri into OmniFocus bits at the time, which were not straightforward like they are today. Yeah. You know, it, it was back mm-hmm. when you had to use like this reminders trick to get yeah. it in there. So I learned some of that. I set up a, an OmniFocus hotspot of sorts with Hazel 
which is kind of a slick one as well. And then that kind of cut my teeth on scripting in general, I think. Because then I started diving into some of the someday maybe list auto parsing type processes like what Rose was referring to earlier. But then that also helped me dive into more of like the text expander scripting and stuff I've done. I've done quite a bit with like Alfred uh, as well. So it's it's kind of helped me dive into some of these other places. But I think for me, as far as like scripting things and automating things like on my Mac specifically, that has been primarily in OmniFocus, which, you know, of course, is what our topic is here today. But that's, I think that's where the bulk of my beginnings were with that. I mean, obviously, I could go back and we could go into some of my corporate days with Excel automation and stuff. But that had more to do with writing formulas in Excel than it did with writing scripts for it. I eventually yeah. got into that, but yeah. that's a whole different world <laughs> for I sure. Just, when I, I mean, like 20 years ago, I ran almost all of my legal stuff through Word Basic. I don't think they even oh, sure. make Word Basic anymore, but that, that was actually pretty I powerful if you wanted to to do some automation. But the um, but the OmniFocus automation, I think, is is interesting that they have built around and and I think I, I really admire the work they've done in order to make their app more automation friendly. I mean, initially, when OmniFocus released, the, all the Omni apps always have great Apple Script support. And I guess let's just do a little history lesson here for a minute. You know, so they had the Apple Script, and and OmniFocus was a Mac app. I mean, it was it grew out of Kinkless GTD, which was an Omni Outliner kind of plugin or add-on. Either of you guys been around long enough to remember that? Is that before your time? It was before me. I think that was before my yeah, time. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. They made um, uh, I forget his name, but uh, there was a, a guy, a photographer. Man, I really feel bad. I forget his name right now. But anyway, uh, he came. Ethan Sco Schoonover wrote these plugins basically for Omni Outliner to turn it into kind of a GTD style task manager. And we were all, and, and on the Mac, there were no good task managers it, as, as weird as that sounds. Cause now there are so many good ones, but back then there were no good ones. And Ethan Schoonover made these plugins with Omni Outliner. Then, then the Omni group actually made a separate product, but they started with excellent Apple script support. But then after, um, and I don't know, have you guys, either of you done any Apple script stuff in OmniFocus? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it it's I mean all the tools you need are there, but the problem is of course Apple Script doesn't exist on the iPhone and iPad which emerged right. after the app. And so then the Omni group did the shortcut support for OmniFocus, which Rose and I have talked about at length on the show and that's how I trigger so many of my templated projects. But then um after Sal Segoyan left Apple he started working with Omni Group, and and I guess Sal's not the only person. I know a lot of people at Omni are smart and were thinking about this, but they wanted to come up with a scripting language that would allow you to work on both iPhone, iPad, and Mac. So you write your automation once, and it works on all platforms. And that's what they've done. And I think they've done it very well, honestly, because it's, it's pretty slick, you know, kind of going back to some of those first scripts I was referring to earlier, like those were all built on Apple script, which yeah. was great. You know, you could do a lot with that, but like I've been a primary Mac user for 
pretty much my entire Apple existence. And I like I've done some things with the iPad in the past, but I've just learned like I'm a Mac and iPhone person. Like the iPad's sure. great, but it just doesn't fit a lot of my workflows. So whenever I was working on a lot of these OmniFocus setups, it's always been Apple script, which is why when Sal came on and started helping them develop this whole Omni automation ecosystem for being kind of a universal plugin structure, like I immediately wanted to move a lot of my scripts over to this setup, but it of course means you're rebuilding them from the ground up. So it takes some Mm -hmm. time. And with me having kind of this hybrid system, it wasn't as important to me personally, but as I've moved back into OmniFocus, it's like, okay, obviously this is a no brainer. Like let's, (laughs) let's, let's move some of this stuff over. Cause again, it is super powerful. Yeah, and I feel like what they've done is really an evolution. I mean, it is so good now because of all the steps they've taken over the years. But what they've created is it's it's largely a JavaScript um, language, but it's a little bit different. Um, I mean, I've been able to fiddle with it, and I'm not a programmer. It's not that hard. And the the cool part is you make the, these plugin scripts, and when you install them, into OmniFocus, you install them directly into the app, um, you're essentially adding feature sets to the app. And you can install them locally on a specific installation. So like you can just install it on your laptop. So if there's a script, you just want to run your laptop. But even better, you can install it basically to the cloud. And then every instance of OmniFocus, iPhone down to the biggest iMac, is going to have those scripts available to them and be able to do work for you. And the best part is if you're listening to this and saying, blah, 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 I don't have time for JavaScript time to turn this podcast off. Stop for a second, because there's a massive library of these things out there already now that people like Joe and Rose have made um, and they've shared. And so many of the features you may want to add have already been scripted. And all you have to do is go to a website and download them and install them. That's one of the the reasons why I really love this, because, I mean, it's using JavaScript, which is the same as drafts and the same as, you know, scriptable and other applications as well. So that means that if you if you learn this and you're going to be able to turn your hand to automating, um, you know, automating and scriptable full stop, but also doing more detailed, more complex automations in drafts, which we spoke to Stephen Millard about on on the recent the the last episode. Um, But what I really love is, you know, it is, you know, at the it's relatively easy to wrap your head around once you understand, you know, the the structures of the individual items. Okay, so what is a task and what what properties does it have and how can I use those? So a task has a name, so I can access, you know, the dot name property of it and so on and go from there, which means that, you know, once once you've wrapped your head around the model, it's not that crazy and everything is actually relatively logical. Um, to to access because you know things have got logical names like the name of a task is its name and the note of a task is its note and you know people can probably figure out where everything else is going to be from from those two examples which I really like yeah and th- so using the existing library the way I learned it uh, there was two things I did the first thing is I went over to omni-automation.com which is a website that I believe is put together by Sal Zagoyan. Yep. Um, and he has collected a bunch of educational resources on this whole Omni scripting language. And this doesn't just work with OmniFocus. This also works with Omni Outliner and Omni Graffle. And so you can do, you know, you can use the scripting across their apps. But 
he he has a lot of teaching material there, but he also has a lot of very simple downloadable scripts that you can deconstruct and then start changing variables and start realizing how it's all put together. And then it's just a question of learning the knowledge of the tools and gluing these things together. And he does it in a way where you see the script, you can download the script, you can modify the script. And, um, or you can just take the completed one that he's made and install it in OmniFocus and start using it. So um, I would recommend, even if you don't have any knowledge of JavaScript, um, to go in there and play with this. Um, there are some good online resources um, for learning JavaScript, though. So if you want to get like more of a basic JavaScript programming language, um, I learned it on a website. Um, let me look it up. Where did you guys learn JavaScript? I, I learned it because my boss at work told me, hey, you can't do this entire website in PHP and HTML. We need some JavaScript. <laughs> um, and so I ended nice. up Googling bits and pieces to try and figure it out. And I don't think I've ever sat down to learn JavaScript. I've just figured stuff out as I went, which I would suggest is probably not the ideal approach to do it if you're if you're learning uh, for the purpose of automation. If you're learning for the purposes of web development and you already have another language under your belt, and that's fine. Um, but for for development, you you might or for scripting and automation, I'm guessing Joe might have a couple of suggestions. Though uh, you've of course been uh, diving in scripting before, Joe. Yeah. So the nice thing is, like with JavaScript, if you come from a web development background, you really don't have to learn it. Like you you already know it pretty much. So like there there's that side of it. I will say though, I I don't think we should underemphasize the importance of this Omni automation site that Sal's put together because mm -hmm. it's one of the best documentation sites I've run across and I've been through hundreds of these things and like for me when I learned JavaScript it was because I had a client paying me to build a website it's like well I guess I'm gonna have to pick this up like now because someone's paying me to do it so I I went to at the time it was W3 schools to mm -hmm. run through and I just ran through all of their quick tutorials on JavaScript and that gave me kind of a base what is the syntax how do I how do I format this and it still throws me off because I learned with putting a semicolon at the end of everything and all of the stuff in Omni automation does not have that and it still messes me up so yeah you can put it in there, but it doesn't seem like it matters or not. I mean, but. It, it, it's one of those things where I would suggest if you're learning scripting, then it's probably not a bad idea to put the semicolon at the end of a line when you think you finish something. Yeah. Because basically what that's saying is, hey, th this this section is complete and it should work. And then if, if, if it's not complete and it doesn't work, it's going to hit the semicolon and say, hey, unexpected semicolon, which for you as a person learning the scripting is really useful indicator that something is wrong in that line. If you don't have that semicolon, it's going to continue on to the next line and keep reading and trying to figure it out, um, which can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. Personally, I am a big fan of the semicolon. A, because uh, a lot of my day job is PHP-based, and I have to use semicolons anyway. And so whenever I look at Python, my brain just goes, what? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Python does not have uh, semicolons at the end of lines. It uses indentation um, instead, uh, which is a whole different ballgame. But basically, the semicolon breaks things up so that you know that, yes, there is supposed to be a break here. Um, which, you know, is good or bad. W3Schools is really good. There's also um, the JavaScript Beginner's Handbook by Flavio Cops, 
um, which uh, I've got a link to in the show notes. It's it's online. It's part of Free Code Camp. Uh, it's free, um, and uh, it has uh, twenty seven sections, including history, just JavaScript, a brief intro to JavaScript, and a section on semicolons, which will probably disagree with what I just said, but that's okay because uh, you know everybody has their own opinion. I'm I'm just offering mine. But uh, yeah, it goes through a lot of things. The other resource I would 110% recommend is Mozilla's uh, developer documentation. Now, this is not something where you necessarily want to start with this, but if you are looking for a function, like for example, you're looking to see if you can find out if something is included in something else. So for example, if the, the word Joe includes an E, then uh, that's something where you would type includes into the the search on the Mozilla developer documentation website, and it would come back with strings and arrays and so on and things like that. And you can find things and find out how they work with some simple examples. Um, so uh, there's links to all of those in the show notes. Yeah, and just looking back, so the way I learned it, and this is a good place to start for a beginner, is Code Academy, uh, CodeAcademy.com. I don't know, like five years ago, I went through their JavaScript course back before Omni Automation was a glimmer in Sal Segoyan and Ken Case's eyes. Um, but it's just having that knowledge has been very useful because I learned uh, I, I am a scripter. I am not a programmer like you guys. And so I've only learned automation, you know, programming through automation. Um, and so I was pretty fluent in AppleScript, but I knew JavaScript was kind of like the next thing that everybody was going to be using because of the multi-platform nature of it. So I went through mm-hmm. that. Um, also, I did the Linda course. I created the Linda course um, for OmniFocus, which, you know, one of the side benefits of that is I get access to the lynda.com stuff. And I went through a bunch of their JavaScript stuff as well. But if you don't know anything about JavaScript, honestly, just go through the Code Academy course and then head over to the Omni Automation website. This is like a weekend project and you can be doing a lot more of this than you think you can. Something else I would just throw in that mix too, because I... When it comes to like writing scripts and and doing this, I I find that it's quite helpful to have a script that you want to make, and then try to find out how to put those pieces together and just try making it. Like I have learned so much in just trying to build something, as opposed to trying to take like tutorials and stuff. The bulk of my development background and experience comes from doing exactly that, not running through courses and stuff. Now, I'm not trying to undercut the value of doing that because I think that there is a lot of value in taking the courses and and doing that. I just find that me personally, just trying to build something, I learn a ton doing that. It probably takes me a lot longer to do it that way, but I do pick up a lot just by reading other people's scripts and trying to grab pieces of individual uh, code banks here and there to try to put together what I want. That goes a long ways for me. I would say if you don't know what a variable is, then you probably want to read either the Beginner's Handbook, do the tutorial on Code Academy, read Eloquent JavaScript, something like that. If you do know what a variable is and and that sort of thing, then, you know, you can you can definitely start with just trying to piece bits together. Or, you know, of course, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you can just take other people's scripts and use them as they are. You don't even have to change them if you don't want to. Yeah, I I feel like the trick is first you got to know what tools are in the box. So if you don't know what's in the toolbox, do one of the courses. But then after that, it really is. I mean, that's the way I Apple script, even though I've read many books and do it. I still like hunt and peck at stuff 
And the, the beauty of AppleScript is it's been around so long that there are, the web is full of great snippets to solve a problem, you know, um, in AppleScript that's already pre-written code. Uh, Omni automation isn't as new, however, and uh, we're going to talk about that right after this. This episode of Automators is brought to you by SyncUp, a wonder of podcast. I love finding new podcasts to listen to. It's one of those things that actually can really improve my day, just giving me new voices and new perspectives. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, SyncUp takes you behind the scenes of OneDrive, so you can learn about how to connect files, share your documents, and work from anywhere. And you'll get to hear about the design and development side of things too. Each show covers a dedicated topic, guest interviews, news and announcements, plus a special topic outside the technology norm. Topics include data compliance in governments, data security, and of course, one of our favourites, automation. I recently listened to their episode from January, where they were talking about, among other things, the importance of focusing on the well-being both at home and at work. Of course, a lot of people have been struggling with this over the last year, so it was great to see how these people are handling it. Go listen to it now. Just search for Sync Up wherever you get your podcasts. That's S-Y-N-C-U-P, or just click on the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to SyncUp and Microsoft for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, so Joe, now Omni has got to a point where we can write this cool kind of JavaScript variant um, feature to to add features to their applications. Tell us about your experience with it and, and what you're doing. Yeah, so there's there's a couple of things I've learned in the process because yes, it's super simple to get into having built scripts and put scripts and code into a lot of different projects. There are some things like I've had some back and forth with Ken Case on it via Twitter. Like there's some just tweaks here and there that they don't have in the system yet, but he's always been super great at like, oh yeah, that's because of X, Y, and Z. Or at one point, I know they pushed a quick update to OmniFocus because of something I found that was missing with the API on it. So they're super responsive and I love that. I can tell that it's still kind of a young language setup, which is fine because they're also amazing and I'm shocked at how much they have in it given how young this thing is. But I do know that it's pretty standard because like if you look at some of these scripts and the way that the templates are set up, they have your standard putting metadata at the top. Who wrote it? What do you call it? What version is it? Describe it. Like that stuff is pretty standard at the top of these. So just seeing that is really, really nice because I love to be able to see those scripts and then know where did that come from? Or rather, who did I steal that from? Because I just mm-hmm. copy pasted it. Like that's, <laughs> I had to do that because I've got one, one of the first scripts I wrote on this Omni automation platform in JavaScript was just a standard placeholder templates uh, script, which I know there are a bunch of these out there, but I, it, I couldn't find one that did exactly what I wanted. So I knew I could take somebody's and tweak it, which is what I did. And I just took somebody's script from the discourse forums that Omni Group has and tweaked it. But I had forgotten where it came from. And I was like, I should probably figure this out before I record with Rose and David. So I just looked at that metadata at the beginning to tell me where that, where that came from, which is super nice. So I love that they have that up there. Mm-hmm. The rest of it's pretty standard, to be honest with you. Like, it's, it's all JavaScript flowing. 
So it's it's easy to follow it. I find it very easy to read. Maybe that's because I've written it for so long now. But I don't know. I like it. It's it's simple. It it doesn't take a lot to do some very basic things in the language. And I love that it's very universal. Uh, one thing that I know that kind of tripped me up when I first started is like there's a big difference in the file extension names yeah. with this. So you have like .omni.js, but there's also .omnifocus.js or OmniGraphle, OmniOutliner, OmniPlan, I think as well. But if you have it, if it's a specific script for OmniFocus, I'd highly, highly recommend you do it all in one file and do it as a .omnifocus.js because mm-hmm. then people can just double click it and it installs it and it's super simple to share it that way. So anyway, that's me rambling a little bit on it, but... I don't know. I really like it. It's a it's a pretty slick setup. Yeah, I mean that template um, script is one I'm working. On. I feel like everybody has their own version of it, you know. But the um, but I'm working on it too because I intend to move all of my templates into their JavaScript templating system because it you know it's better. I think it's faster. Yeah. Um, it I mean shortcuts is awesome but shortcuts is a little rickety you know it's it's like yeah. a, a whole different system driving a different system where this is all integrated into the application it feels much more like an application feature but i've decided i'm going to make my templates very specific cuz i have like i don't know 60 templates that i use and they're all very customized i mean are you forming a california llc well then i have a template that i use when i you know do that for you um, so I'm going to move all of them over in that way. Most of the templates I found are fill in the blank templates. And um, I don't really want that. I want one that's going to automate as much of it as possible. So I'm going to do some work up front on that. Sure. I have a question for both of you, because this is one of the things I've been wrestling with. Because on the one hand, I love to have, you know, my templates 100% in OmniFocus. How are you handling relative uh, due or defer dates with those scripts? Because that's one of the things I love about having my templates in drafts, um, because then I can have a variable for my due date and have minus three days or whatever, you know, next to it. And then that gets parsed when it gets pasted into OmniFocus. Um, but that's something I've yet to figure out ha- how to handle in OmniFocus itself. That was exactly the issue I had and why I ended up like tweaking one for myself. So the way that the one I have works, and I can share this with you, is I have a folder, I have a directory on my computer that has a bunch of text files with task paper formatted templates. And I, I tend to highly recommend that because generally that text file is easily transportable to other systems. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to keep it in drafts. I don't have to keep like these system like template projects in OmniFocus. It can be outside of that so it doesn't clutter up my project list. So I have a folder for OmniFocus templates that are just task paper formatted lists. And I do have those placeholders in that system. And right. then the script in OmniFocus whenever I hit the button for it, which I have a trick for how I do that too. I'll explain that in a second. But whenever I hit the plugin for that, it pulls up that directory, asks me which template, and depending on which of those files I open, it then goes through and does the placeholder replacement. But if you use the dates on that, you can do exactly what you're talking about, like minus seven days or plus four hours. You can do all of that after that date, so that way you can get all the relative pieces to that 
That makes a lot of sense, and I, I love that idea, and uh, I'll probably go with that, uh, because, I mean, one of the reasons why I have all of them in uh, drafts at the moment is because I have my scripts in drafts, of course, to to pick out the, the placeholders and, and import them, but I can easily export all of my, my templates to a single folder. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, I want to point out, I do cheat a little bit with this, because I'm so lazy that I didn't want to go to the menu to hit the button, and I didn't want to clutter up my toolbar with it. So this this gets in the weeds a little bit, but there is a way with a URL to run one of these scripts. Yeah. And it's a little bit messy to set up. This is one of the things I want them to change. Like I want to be able to just tell it to run a script based on the name, but they have like running the script as JavaScript URL encoded, which is a whole nother thing too. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. I don't like that, but I I think it does work. However... I have an Elgato Stream Deck sitting in front of me on my desk. If you know what that is, it's basically a macro pad. This thing is amazing, but because you can run UR, like open URLs with the Stream Deck, I actually have a button on this thing that just says OF template, and I can just press that button. It opens up OmniFocus and pulls up that template dialog all in one button. So it's it's super, super fast to pull that up and to run it. So... Yes. But again, you're getting in the weeds when you start doing stuff like that. Yeah, that was one of the things I've been struggling with as well, because I'd love to automatically run scripts, but I don't want the script to be in the URL. I want it to be, you know, saved in a file that I can right. then open in BB edit or text edit um, or textastic or or whatever. I tend to use text textastic on iOS and a BB edit on my Mac to edit uh, sure. my Omni, Omni group uh, or Omni focus scripts. Yeah, that another way you could do that, at least on the Mac, is you could run it through a a, um, a palette in Keyboard Maestro because you could trigger URLs the same way. In fact, sure. that may be the way you're you're using it with your Stream Deck. I don't know, but the um, uh, I can think of a couple ways. To do that. I think it'd be more complicated to pull that off on iPhone and iPad. I'd have to stop and think about it. And now you have me worried because I'm just early in my template project. But you're right; I'm going to have like sixty. Um, things show up on my share sheet in OmniFocus yeah. to create these templates. Maybe I need to make it like one big template with a choose from in it or something. I don't know. Sure. There's more work to yeah. do. Yeah, have, have, have the templates saved in a file and then, you know, p- pull up the, the contents of the folder and choose from those. That'll be the easy way to handle it. Um, or or even have subfolders and then have, you know, ones for for Max Barkey Law, Max Barkey yeah. Automators, Max Barkey MPU, stuff like yeah. that. Split it up. Joe, have you have you saved? This is a total selfish question, but have you uh, shared your your template system yet? I haven't. No, right. I haven't. I can do that. I'll make a note here and and do that. It's pretty simple to do, but I I do want to point out like one of the nice things about doing the the text file task paper formatted stuff is you can have multiple projects in a single task paper or text file. I do this for some of the, our regular like bookworm uh, episodes because there's two different projects for me. The process, like a chimpl- uh, templated checklist for recording the show, but then there's another one for posting like the video recordings that we have for it. Those are two separate projects to me because they have different deadlines based on when they're being released. So I just have a single bookworm recording template file for that but there's two different projects that get created whenever i run that so depending on how your setup 
works. Like there's a lot of power in how you set up the task paper side of it because, you know, Omni Group is amazing in how they set that side of it up too. Yeah, I mean, that it, really, you have an abundance of options here. Like you could, I could still fully run this thing in in shortcuts without a problem. I'm I'm switching it over because I'm a nerd, not really because of any yeah. other reason. The other thing is I've, I've saved some of these um, task paper formats to uh, to text expander macros with fill-in fields, and I can create them on the Mac with that as well. I mean, there's so many ways to skin this cat. Right. In fact, let's move on past templates for a minute and talk about some of the other stuff you can do. Uh, Ken Case told me about this when they first started developing it, and the thing that stood out to me even in the early stages was this really is way more than a templating system, which you've always been able to do an OmniFocus one way or another. This is a way to create new features in an application to scratch an individual itch. And a great example of that is one of the scripts that Rosemary has shared, and it is a check off task and follow up later. I forget exactly what the name of it is, Rose. Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I believe this is based on the, um, I think maybe I stole this from you, Joe, or somebody else. I don't remember. It's a complete and await reply. Um, so the idea is that you, you mark the currently selected task as, uh, completed, and then you add another task, which is waiting on reply colon, and then the name of the task that you've just completed straight after it. Um, and, uh, add a waiting on task to it, ideally, uh, tag to it, ideally. Um, so that then, you know, it should, uh, you know, um, find that, that tag and then go ahead and add it, which at least for me works pretty well. Um, and is very handy at work because I frequently have to, you know, think about a reply. I can't just, you know, fire, fire, open up the email client and fire off a reply, especially I have to translate everything into another language. It requires a little bit more thought, especially if I'm emailing somebody important. Um, so, uh, I have this because, uh, then I have notes to myself to reply to these more important emails that require more thought. And then, you know, when I complete that task, then I, I hit the button and it says, Hey, and now you're waiting on a reply from this person. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem we have all the time. Like you, you have a task to send an email to somebody, but then you need to to check back on that. And how do you do that? Yeah, I think that script comes from Kurt Clifton. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, you and Kurt Clifton definitely inspired me a lot when I first got into scripting OmniFocus. And in fact, I think my entire collection of Apple scripts came pretty much from the two of you um, <laughs> over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kurt used to work for uh, Omni Group, actually, and uh, no longer does, but still has lots of great scripts out there. I mean, doesn't like every Omni, OmniFocus Apple script at some point go back to Kurt Clifton? I mean, he's like the, the, <laughs> yes. the original source. Yes. Um, the one thing like, and, and the thing is, so Rose made this cool script and the way you trigger it once you install it is you just go and it, you can do it from the sharing menu on the iOS device or you can do it from the scripting menu right on the Mac in the menu bar. Um, and the, like one thing that it doesn't do is it doesn't give you a URL link back to the original task, you know? Um, when I was using, so I've been using Rose's script, I'm like, you know, it'd be really handy to me if I could go back and look at that original one because maybe there was something in the notes or something. So I'm going to add some some to this to uh, to give me a URL callback. I'm pretty sure that wouldn't be that difficult. No, and there is even uh, a line in there, David, line 24, uh, URL from string. Um, that if you just remove the dot open at the end, that's giving the you the URL 
of the currently the newly created task. Yeah. So instead, what you want to do is you want to you just move it up um, and add it to the to the to the dupe task uh, zero, uh, yeah. probably. So and then so, uh, yeah. so you've, it's basically done. I just have to move a line of code and uh, yeah, and uh, get get the ID from uh, from another one. So. But but that's what I love about this is like, hey, here's a new feature in the app, but I want to tweak it a little bit for me, and with just a little bit of knowledge, it's really not that hard and. Um, and I, I, you know, an, an app where it can build its own features, I mean, for users, who doesn't want that, right? Especially if you're listening to the Automators podcast. That's one of the things that, you know, will will keep me in OmniFocus for a very long time. The fact that I can build my own features and make it work exactly the way I need. For, I'm very fortunate in the data model works for me. And I, I understand there are some people for whom, you know, the data model, you know, doesn't necessarily do what they need. But I'm very fortunate it does. And I can add all of these features and... I can automate getting a lot, a lot of stuff into OmniFocus as well, which is a double-edged sword, uh, because it means I suddenly have an awful lot of tasks in my uh, in my forecast. Taskless are infinite. Time is not. Just remember that. <laughs> exactly. But this is this is the beauty of what they've done, right? So because Omni Group has been so particular with allowing automation and allowing this stuff and setting up these whole systems. If it doesn't do what you need it to do in a very specific scenario, you can add it. Like this, yeah. that's just the whole beauty of this. Like this is uh, changing the topic here slightly, but this goes back to one of the early scripts that I wrote uh, had to do with updating the review dates on projects because it still baffles me that they don't have like a scheduled review time in OmniFocus. Like I want to do my weekly review on Friday mornings. Like, why can I not review all of my weekly reviewed projects on Friday mornings? Like, that to me doesn't make sense. I understand what they're trying to do and they're like how their review structure works, but that never made sense to me, which is why I wrote a script for updating those review dates because I felt like that was a feature that I wanted. So I just wrote a script that would change those review dates so that the review projects would show up when they're supposed to if I do a review on Fridays and then I do a monthly review on the first of the month and do an annual review, like it can change those review dates to when it should happen. So like that type of change and adding that type of feature is completely possible, which is part of what I love about OmniFocus. I wish I was, you know, talking to you guys, I kind of wish I was using it for absolutely everything at the moment, but I know I shouldn't do that (laughs) for me. (laughs) So it's, it's a little disheartening in that sense, but it's it's a thing I absolutely love about the tool, which is why whenever I originally decided I need a tool for managing like templated projects and stuff, like it's a no brainer. Like this is the exact tool that I felt I should be using for it. Yeah, yeah, and I have to say I've been using uh, your script. Um, you you put it out uh, in middle of January ish. Um, and uh, I, I I immediately went yes yes this is one yeah. that I've needed yeah. because oh especially thanks to a certain global uh, pandemic last year I got way off base with all my reviews and I thought you know what I just need I need to be yeah. able to reset it but I don't want to have to go back to my Mac to reset it uh, and I was sitting there curled up in a pile of blankets on the sofa binge watching Castle going uh, oh wait yeah I can actually just uh, download <laughs> this and install it right here on my iPad without having to move I could have installed it on my iPhone. And and that that's one of the things that makes that for me makes the scripting so much better as well. The fact that it does work 
on my iPhone and my iPad as well as my Mac because previously I was running all sorts of hacks and tricks to try and get stuff to run automatically on my Mac when things happen. So Zapier would um, send something off to OmniFocus, um, usually via email, and then I had uh, it run a keyboard maestro macro to to sync OmniFocus on my Mac. So it would ping the the keyboard maestro URL um, which would then run the Apple script in OmniFocus to tell OmniFocus to sync. And then it would sleep for five minutes. And then it would ping another Keyboard Maestro macro URL that would say, hey, the sync's finished. Now run the pass, uh, pa- pass the inbox task script, um, which uh, was your original Apple script, uh, Joe, that really got me interested in, in doing a lot of this stuff with OmniFocus. Um, and, you know, and, but it was just so fragile. And sometimes yeah. the sync wouldn't finish, or sometimes my Mac would just be offline and stuff like that. And then I'd open up my inbox on my iPad and go, why why are these things in the wrong place and I can't fix it on my iPhone and now I can just fix it on all the platforms because I can run the script anywhere. Yeah, and that's the advantage of the multi-platform scripting language is all the Rube Goldberg stuff just goes out the window. You don't need any of that anymore. Yeah, exactly. And and it just means that things are more stable. And I, I've yet to 100% decide how I want things to be automatically um, parsed from my inbox because I, I have the script and it would be great if it ran automatically after stuff was put into my inbox. And maybe one day that will be an element of uh, OmniFocus for the web, having a web-based API to run all this stuff on. I don't know. That's pure speculation. Um, that would be wonderful if I could do that. Just FYI, Ken, if you're listening. Um, but uh, for the time being, it, it's great because it, what happens is it is it uh, it does that and then it pings me through Pushcut is what I'm using for this and says, hey, uh, you know, open OmniFocus and run the script. Um, and so I open OmniFocus and I run the script and then it's done. Um, and that's really not a bad solution because it means it works. I used to joke with some of the OmniFocus developers that they should add a feature that if I defer a task three times, you know, I used to do a lot more task deferring than I do now. But if I defer it three times, that it automatically just deletes it from my library. It's like, okay, <laughs> you had three chances and you didn't do it. You're never going to do it. I'm deleting this. I could build that now. You could. You could. <laughs> just just save defer colon zero in the note of every single task. And then don't defer it using the defer buttons, defer it using a script, and then yeah. it will automatically increment that number. And if it goes, hey, three, then I don't know, maybe it forces you to a web page of uh, a bomb exploding and deletes the task or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this episode of Automators is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends at Smile. Power through PDFs with the Mac community's favorite PDF editor, so you can fall in love with work again. With PDF Pen, you can show PDFs who's boss. Edit any PDF with the click of a button, fix typos, and add text as easily as you would in Word. Breathe new life into paper documents. With the magic of OCR, turn images of handwritten and printed text into content you can search, copy, and edit. Protect your content. Ensure your documents are safe to share through password protection, metadata removal, and true redaction. Look like a pro. Impress your boss, your colleagues, and your clients with efficient, secure, and 100% digital workflows. Fill out, sign, and copy edit like it's 2021. I love PDF Pen Pro. My accountant recently sent me a whole bunch of documents through to sign. It was about 30 pages of documents. And they said, please sign, but not with typing. Well, of course, as you and I know, that's not necessarily going to mean print it out and sign it, though I think that is what they intended. Instead, I use PDF's magic signature function where I've saved my signature, and then I just dragged and dropped it into place on every single document. 
perfect. And my accountant was impressed that I had the documents back in an hour instead of the three days they were expecting, of which I'm sure two days would have been sourcing ink cartridges for my printer. PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro work with PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone for seamless editing across devices with cloud services, such as iCloud, Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, and more. Learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. So when I first heard this was coming, one of my failures was uh, I, re- I didn't think big enough. To me, I was thinking this is going to be great to add little features to the application that I would like solve that nobody else would, you know, just, just to make it work better for me. But what I didn't realize is that the community was going to go nuts. And now there is like a whole like subculture of people creating Kanban style um, planning in OmniFocus. <laughs> and I know there's one script out, but Joe, I know you've also thrown your hat in the ring on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So this is, you know, we were just talking about as we record this, it's not out yet, but it will be by the time this releases. But I, I was trying to... Well, let me back up. What I'm doing in OmniFocus is managing pieces of content that I'm releasing. So a content calendar of sorts. It's very common for folks in the content creation world to run a Kanban of some sort because they mm-hmm. want to know where each piece of content is in the process. Have I started this yet? You know, is it just waiting for publish? Is it waiting for, you know, where is it at in the process? And I, I've not ever been one that uses a Kanban, but... I've seen it used a lot and I know that, you know, given the simplicity of what I'm doing in OmniFocus, I call it simple, some may call it complicated, who knows. But I wanted some form of a way to see which pieces of article, like which content pieces that I'm planning over the next month have I started, which ones are in progress right now and which ones are stalled, like kind of what am I waiting for? Maybe I'm waiting for them to be published. Where are these things at in the process? That way I know which ones I should be working on each day. Well, I was digging around on the Omni Automation site we were talking about earlier, and there is a set of scripts there for running a Kanban setup, which I thought, great. So I downloaded that, and I quickly realized that runs on tasks, but I'm operating on projects, which is completely different, and it doesn't really work that way. It's like I could set up like a meta project, like a pseudo project, and then manage the task there, but then that doesn't change where the projects lie. Like it just gets messy. Yeah, yeah, it quick. sounds kind of flimsy. That yeah, it's going to break quickly. Totally. So I I took those scripts, I altered all of them to where they operate on a selected project and not a selected task. So then they they do change those. Uh, the tags and such, essentially the way that stuff works is it gives you a perspective that you can then see list form, like grouped lists of which projects are in the queue, which ones are you currently working on, which ones you're waiting for, which ones have you completed. Like those are kind of the the main categories that it operates off of. So that's how I've tweaked it. Uh, I set up a perspective that shows me that Kanban view and then I've got the scripts that does the adding, removing, and such of the tags appropriately to move projects between those different categories. But again, I couldn't find anything that had this all operating on a project level. In my head, that was exactly what other people would want. But that's how this stuff goes, right? Like, 
Mm-hmm. What I want is obviously what you want, right? So then why didn't you do it my way? Like <laughs> that's it doesn't really work that way. So of course, like I took the ones that were on the site, I tweaked them. I'm in the process uh, of publishing those. But yeah, it's been kind of nice. The more I've used that, the more I realize that yeah, this is something I probably should have done a long time ago. But here we are. Sometimes it just takes a while to get there. And that's the thing, isn't it? it, it with almost all systems, especially ones where automation's involved, it takes a little while and multiple iterations to get you to the point where you're there going, yes, of course, this is the solution. Of course, I should be doing it this way. This is the way to do it. Why is everybody else not doing it this way? And the answer, of course, is it's personal. You have yeah. to make it work yeah. for you. And that that's what I really love about this, because I've been trying out um, the, the Kanban um, method uh, that... Um, I believe the forum user handle of the the person who created this is Vishay, uh, V-I-S-H-A-E, um, uh, for the original one. And I'm looking forward to seeing yours because that's one of the things I realized. A lot of what I'm doing, it's not where an individual task is. And tasks are relatively unimportant. They're very small stepping stones to get me from A to B. It's it's where is this in the grand scheme of this folder uh, for things because, you know, the folder is, you know, the area that I need to be focusing on right now. And I need to know what is in progress at work, but I don't need to know very specifically that I am in the process of writing this tiny little part here for this really big project. I need to know that in general, I've done something to move the needle on that project and I've got the ball rolling. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that's something I'm going to be, uh, probably, uh, borrowing from you. Um, sure, and, sure. uh, I will almost certainly end up using some artistic license to, uh, modify it to suit my exact needs. Absolutely. That's, that's the, whole the point, beauty right? of this. Yeah. <laughs> that is the beauty of this. And also the underlying idea behind this is really just tag based sort. It's not that hard except to do that manually would defeat the purpose. It would be so hard to do this manually. You, you have to have automation, in order to make this an effective tool. And, you know, you've got the tools to make this automation. So I, you know, I, I love that this stuff is going on and, and I, you know, this hasn't been out that long now. Has it been now four or five months now? I guess we're kind of behind. We've been wanting to cover this on the show for a while, but I, I wanted to wait until the library got big enough that people who don't want a script have a lot to choose from. And man, you do right now. You do have a lot to choose from. Yeah. Cause if you, if you look at, this Kanban setup, it's very similar to Rose, your script of the complete and await reply. Maybe mm-hmm. I should call it Kurt's script. I don't know. Between the two I, of you. I would credit it to Kurt. I, <laughs> I took all of his logic and I just translated it into JavaScript. So yeah. really it's all his. But it, it's very similar, right? So you have a task that you have, in this case, a project that you have selected. Yeah. And all it's doing is removing a tag and putting another one on it. That, that's yeah. it. And then you have a perspective or a view that shows you that view. You know, you can set it up to where you have individual, you know, you could open multiple windows and have it look like columns if you want. I think there's a blog post out I've seen that that has yeah. kind of that view. Mine doesn't really work that way. You could do it. Like you could set up individual windows and get it to show you that view. But I I don't need it there. That's totally fine with me. But it's essentially the same thing. All it's doing is removing a tag and adding a new one. But when you put it into a script where it just does those two steps, remove tag, add tag on that project, it it removes all of the resistance to using the whole setup. Because that's, that's yeah. a lot of what got me into scripting, like from a philosophical stance, because removing the resistance to doing that 
small action. It may take me a while. I may never actually make up the time it took me to put, like, to get that script running, but it gives me something that I will actually use. And then it helps me see things and understand things at a level that I couldn't see or understand previously. Thus, I'm better off as a net result. So not to wax philosophical, but this this is all something that I think is super important for me anyway, because I, I it does help me visualize things in a different way that then allows me to act on them in the long term, which is exactly what I wanted. And and the other thing it does is it's it never makes a mistake. You don't accidentally delete the wrong tag or insert yeah. the wrong tag. It you know it, it it's re- reliably repeatable, which is what you get from automation. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that I love um, because uh, you know ever since tagging became a thing in OmniFocus, of course uh, you can have multiple tags on an item. But if I if I'm moving this forward, then I need it to get this tag when that tag is removed. And if I'm moving it backward, then I need to go the other way. Um, and that's something that is 100% going to happen with a script, assuming, of course, that I, I you know program the script correctly. But that's entirely on me. So, Joe, uh, what this whole thing started with with Rose, at least, is your auto parsing script. Explain what that is and how you made the transition from Apple Script to Omni JavaScript. Sure. So at the time when that that came about, I I was creating someday maybe tasks. I, I had a whole bunch of projects in OmniFocus for someday maybe uh, lists. And I was lazy and I, I wanted to be able to put things into those individual lists without having to manually type in what project it goes to once it was in the OmniFocus inbox. And the way that I was putting things into the OmniFocus inbox was via drafts because drafts is phenomenal and everybody in the world should be using it. And I wanted a way to pre-format the task title in drafts, send it to the inbox, and let OmniFocus automatically put it where it belongs. In my head, that was pretty simple but I couldn't find any way to do that. So I did some digging and I thought I'll create some form of a syntax. You know, this is a thing I think Todoist was doing this for a while. Maybe they still do it where you could create a syntax of things that go into that title. And then it just knew what was there and could parse it into which one is the project, which one is the context because this was pre tags. What's the deferred date, all the things. And I discovered in the process of building that script that OmniFocus had a a piece of code in their Apple scripting dictionary that did all of that parsing for you. They already had a syntax built. All it needed was a wrapper around it that would tell it which tasks to run that parse process on. So I kind of put some wrappers around that and then set it all up with, and I'm trying to remember how I did it at the time. I think I was using Hazel to where it would know when my OmniFocus database had changed and it would run that script at any point when that database had changed, which was just awesome because it meant I could just send it in there. OmniFocus would sync because it got a new inbox task. And then that meant that the database modified date would change. So then Hazel would run the rule which would run the Apple script, which then parsed the inbox item, and then my someday maybes would show up where they 
were supposed to be without me having to do anything other than create the someday maybe list in drafts, action it off with the correct someday maybe list, and it just magically showed up where it was supposed to be in OmniFocus with all the correct contexts, projects, all the things. Absolutely loved that. And I think that has been something a lot of of people have used based on the replies and the shares and stuff I see via Twitter and email and stuff. It's a pretty common script that people love. I mean, obviously, Rose, I know you've gotten into it as well. Yep. And it made sense to me that that would then be translated into this Omni automation uh, system. I was a little concerned whenever I embarked on trans uh, transferring it over that that little one-liner of doing the parse text wouldn't exist in the JavaScript side of things. So I was a little worried, but thankfully they did bring it over. So that meant that all I had to do was create, uh, you know, the same logic in Mm -hmm. JavaScript. The only thing I've found with, you know, doing that transferring is I don't know that there's a way to just automatically run it on iOS or iPadOS. I don't think I've found a way to do that. I thought I was close at one point with a home automation via shortcuts where you could potentially run it at a certain time uh, during the day, but it it's messy as far as like the security goes and actually actioning it off because yeah. OmniFocus has to be open and it's not quite there for that side of it, but it is possible to have that script on iOS or iPadOS and then just manually run that. So if you load yeah. up your inbox with a bunch of stuff, you can hit it and it just auto parses things out. So Super glad that one's been able to come over. But that is one that, again, I'm I'm not actively using it today because I'm not really using the inbox in OmniFocus, but I know that a lot of people absolutely love that thing. Yeah, so here is a fun little uh, Easter egg piece of trivia uh, for both of you and, of course, everybody listening. I actually requested the transport text early on because I was originally using your script, Joe, and I wanted to be able to use it in JavaScript. And so I fired off an email and uh, they got back to me and said, yeah, sure, that seems like a a reasonable thing to add. And uh, they added it. So, uh, you know, things have come a full circle. uh, That's really cool. Good call. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you did that because that's a cool, I mean, it's a simple one-liner and it's easy for them to add so i'm glad they did it yes yeah i am too and uh yeah i i a couple of months ago uh i actually probably about a year ago or coming up on a year ago um just as i was starting moving back to the uk i realized that there were a lot of things that uh i needed to do and i was getting stuff just sort of added by through the share sheet but specifically from the Ikea website or uh, local supermarkets or hardware stores and things like that. And so what I did is I built my own version of your your task auto parser, which the first thing it does is it checks if the task name starts with the dash dash. And then if it does, then it it does the new task by parsing transport text. That's the one liner pretty much. Um, And uh, then it it deletes the original task and and moves on from there. But then I, I, I amped it up a little bit and I... I did this in possibly the least efficient method possible because to start with, I was just doing, I'm buying a lot of things from Ikea or I'm going to go to Ikea and look at a lot of things. So I'm just going to add Ikea. And then there was Wilco and Argus and B&M. And things just kind of spiraled a little bit out of control. So I probably ought to go back and and tidy this up and make it prettier and smarter. But I'm going to 
put, put a link in the show notes to my version of this because I it, I think it's a very good example of what you can do even if you're not really thinking about how to script. Because yeah. I've got a very simple, if the task name includes dash and then space IKEA in all capitals, and the task note includes the IKEA.com website, then uh, find the IKEA tag and add the IKEA tag to the task and then take the dash IKEA out of the name of the task because I don't need the name of the store in it if I've got a tag. Um, and I do pretty much the exact same thing for several other places. Um, I also have uh, two supermarkets in there, so I add an extra tag for the supermarkets. Um, just a generic supermarket tag. Um, and I found that this really helps with clearing up my inbox in general. Um, and I also at some point was having an issue with two spaces. So there's just a really simple thing at the bottom, which is task.name equals task.name dot replace quotation mark, two spaces, close quotation mark, comma, quotation mark, space, quotation mark, and then dot trim, which removes extra spaces from the beginning of the end. So it's replacing two spaces with a single space in the task name, because I, I apparently had an issue with that at some point. I'm not sure where it was coming from, but I just thought I'll just tidy things up at the same time, which I, this runs over all of the tasks in my inbox. So if there's two spaces in the name of any of the tasks in my inbox, they get cleaned up as well at the same time as it goes through and it handles stuff that I need to buy and, you know, things like that. Um, and I, it honestly just worked really, really well for me. Um, so I'm very pleased that you inspired me there, Joe. Yeah, that's that's a really cool way to to do that because I know a lot of folks have used the email in process too. Yeah, and they'll they'll tweak the subject line that's going into OmniFocus to include the syntax, but they'll do that with automations via Zapier or if this mm -hmm. then that yeah. with. Jira tasks and such, like they'll use it in that form to automatically get things into their OmniFocus database and put where they belong. So it, I mean, sky's limit, right? There's tons of ways that you can use that thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't use this script, but I was just thinking if you wanted to automatically trigger it, and you had Keyboard Maestro, I don't see why you couldn't set a time trigger in Keyboard yeah. Maestro to run the. You could, yeah. The menu yeah, that's command. actually what I have running uh, now. Uh, I just have a time trigger in Keyboard Maestro, and I think it's running just every hour or so. Um, and uh, then if I if I go through and I, I'm planning another shopping spree in IKEA, uh, I moved in about six months ago, so it's about time to you know start figuring out you know what things aren't working and go shopping again. Um, at least you know doing cook and collect. So I've been adding a lot of stuff from IKEA again. Um, but, you know, I, I, I go through and I manually run it if I've just added a ton of, of tasks. But other than that, it just gets cleaned up automatically. And it's great. I love it. Yeah, but so the beauty of the script, though, is you can, no matter how you put tasks in, drafts is a good yeah. way. Um, you can do all the, you know, details you want, due dates, notes. Um, yeah. You know, and, and the new version supports tags as opposed to context. So it's it's great. Yes. Yeah. And I should note for anybody listening who's there going, wait, is this task paper? This is not the same format or syntax as task paper. Transport text predates task paper by quite a lot, yeah, it's at a least long as far back. as OmniFocus is concerned. Uh, I think task paper might have existed back then, but OmniFocus wasn't using it, that's for sure. Um, so it's, it is different, but it's, it's, relatively easy to get a handle on um and i pretty much just use it for anything added via zapier or um or uh yeah and then of course parsing out you know stores that i'm gonna buy stuff from my only gripe with this is that the default for dates is a due date if you only have one date it puts a due date in, and i think that 
you know, I, I'm on the anti due date campaign. So I wish that it deferred to it, that it defaulted to a single date being a deferred date as opposed to a due date. But I think that's actually in the transport algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the transport algorithm. But David, you could modify it and you could say, okay, hey, if there, there is only one date. So when you create the task by transport, by parsing uh, transport text, you could say, hey, if uh, the due date is set on the new task, then set the defer date to the due date and the due date to nothing and then be done with it. Um, yeah, and yeah if, you can move that. Yeah, yeah. So, so you could do that in um, with Omni Automation. That's doable. I'm trying to remember, Rose, maybe you know this because it's been a while since I've like done individual testing on the individual pieces in the transport text piece. But if you have, because it uses the... Um, Oh, I'm drawing a blank hashtag pound sign for each of the due date or the defer date and the due date. I yeah. think if you leave the first one blank and put a date on the second one, it it might, but I, I am it's not something 100% like that. If you put that. two of them yeah. in there, I think it leaves the due date blank, but I'm not certain. I'd have to test that to be sure. Yeah, I am not certain either, but I do have a link to your very original blog post in the show notes, uh, which I am just trying to open sure. up. Uh, which you had the original AppleScript one, which I believe was in 2015. Yeah. Yeah, it's a while um, back. And it, you, you had a little link somewhere as to, uh, uh, yeah. And uh, here we go. And it's got something. I know that the new article, I've got that syntax reiterated on that. Yeah. So the most recent article I wrote on it, when it moved over to iOS, I have that there. Because I know, like what you're saying, David, the, if you have that hashtag dates and there's only one of those it defaults it to a due date if you have two of them the first date is the defer date the second one is the due date but i if i recall correctly i think you can do that hashtag date and then do a second hashtag and leave it blank i think that gets you there but i'm not certain i'd have to test it yeah i i don't use the script so it's not that big of a deal for me but the sure. um but uh, it, it is uh, it is impressive. I guess I really should start thinking about using it because I add a lot of tasks via drafts. Um, but usually it's like kind of a watch thing. You know, it's like I just yell at my wrist for a minute and then it gets moved to OmniFocus later. Sure. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Automators10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. They cut out the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. And their Easy Eats offering has tons of quick and easy meal solutions, like 10 to 20 minute meals, low prep recipes, and quick breakfasts and lunch. All of them are perfect if you have a busy schedule. I get a lot of joy out of cooking for my family, but the shopping part isn't my thing, and the problem is I get in the habit of cooking the same things over and over again. HelloFresh has changed that. I can pick out interesting recipes, and I get all the ingredients delivered right to my door. I cook alone. I put on a cool podcast or an audiobook, and I make dinner, and I really enjoy doing it, and everybody digs the food I'm making with HelloFresh because it's different, interesting, and very tasteful. You can go for something traditional like their Kraft Burger, which is delicious, or something really interesting like their Firecracker Meatballs or Pork Carnitas Tacos. I like spicy recipes, and the HelloFresh spicy menus are all great. 
But don't take my word for it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Automators10. That's Automators with one zero at the end. And if you use that code, you get 10 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Automators10. Code Automators10 to get those 10 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, and I am a believer. Our thanks go to HelloFresh for their support of the Automators and all of Relay FM. Okay, guys, so I probably got this wrong, but if there's somebody listening that is not intimately knowledgeable with JavaScript, we should have probably covered this earlier in the episode. So if you're listening, congratulations. Um, let's talk through kind of the mechanics for someone who doesn't want a script but wants to take advantage of this stuff. And I think the first step is probably going to the Omni Automation website to the plugin collection, and we'll have that in the show notes. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a web page that you can go to on your Mac or your iOS devices, and there's a nice grid there of this growing list of automations that people like Joe and Rosemary have contributed, along with a lot of other really smart people. Yeah, I would definitely say that's the place to start because it's got a a lot of good stuff here. And if you're looking for something specific, then, of course, you can Google it and you'll probably stumble across somebody's website like Joe's. Uh, But I would say if if you're looking for something, you know, and you just want to see what's possible, you know, there's import task paper document here. There's iCal file for task. Um, There's add today's forecast, um, which, you know, uh, uh, creates a new window or a tab on macOS displaying the forecast for the current day things like that. So there's a lot of different options here. And so I would say that is uh, a good place to get started. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I know there's there's a ton on that. You know, if you if you Google for things, you can find a lot of them as well. I've really enjoyed like looking through what people are sharing or working through on their forums because it's, it's interesting to see what people are attempting to pull off. Because I personally, I find that kind of as an inspiration to figure out, okay, well, what could I do? <laughs> Like, oh, people are trying to do X, Y, and Z. They're trying to, you know, activate a project based on the weather conditions. Oh, I could probably do that. So there's like, there's all sorts of things that you could find and and start to explore. But because people are sharing them on the forums or like on the Omni Automation site, it makes it super simple to just grab something that somebody else has. Just dump it into a file and you're done. And some some of the most basic ones are the most useful. Like they have one that will open a selected um, perspective in a separate tab, which sounds dumb, but I mean, you can automate that process if you want to set up, you know, I want to open OmniFocus just to work on my day job or whatever. You could use a script like that to automate that process. And just like Joe was saying earlier, every every little bit of friction you remove makes it easier to get your work done. That's like a three. Yep. That's a very short script. I mean, it, there's there's a lot of stuff in here that that anybody could you know download and fiddle with a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I created one. Uh, there's one here. Copy plain text and delete. Somebody asked. I believe it was in the Omni Group uh, Slack channel for for uh, OmniFocus and other Omni uh, application users. Um, they said, you know, I just want to be able to copy a task as plain text and then delete it. But of course, copying it defaults to copying task paper, at least on iOS. And they wanted very specifically plain text so that they could select a list of tasks, just have the name, and then delete them when they were done. Um, and so I, I created a, a short little uh, plugin, uh, which uh, I can't remember how many lines it is. Uh, I think it's uh, 26 lines in total, and a good uh, 10 of those lines are just the the metadata at the top. So in reality, the script's, you know, about 15 lines. Um, and it, it just, you know, 
sets the pasteboard to a list uh, the names of the tasks and then deletes the tasks and that's it. Um, and there's all sorts of great stuff in here. And and to install these, um, I think it's easiest on the Mac, but you can also do it on iPad and iPhone. You just download the the plugin, which is essentially a text file that says OmniFocus JS at the end. And then in the um, the OmniFocus application with the recent version, they've added a new menu option called, I believe, Automation. I've got so many windows mm-hmm. open, I can't even find OmniFocus right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, if so it depends on how the plugin is created. And Joe touched on this earlier, didn't you, Joe, with the extension. Um, so if it says it's a .omnifocus.js, then if you open it, it should just open an omnifocus.omniOutliner.js should open an omniOutliner. And I, I think people get the idea. Uh, if it's a .omni.js, though, then it's you're going to have to tell it what application to open that in. Uh, but there are uh, there should be a folder in iCloud for, for example, OmniFocus, as we've been talking about today, there should be a plugins folder inside of that where you just stick the file and that's, you know, that's where it goes. Um, if if you're dealing with a OmniJS file um, and, you know, it's it's not opening in the right place, you can just put it in the folder. And then to run these, you don't need to do anything. Uh, there's an automation window on Mac uh, menu on macOS and on iOS, you just use the share sheet. Um, and so if, for example, you, you want to run it in your, in your inbox and you, you know, you just tap on the share sheet from your inbox and then you, you scroll down and underneath copy, there's, there's a whole, you know, section where I've got add a folder for each month, assign priority, you know, some different Kanban ones. Cause I've been playing with that complete and await reply process, my inbox tasks, packing list for a trip, um, things like that. Update reviews. Thank you, Joe. Um, all sorts of things. And so that, that's really how you get started. There's also like the automation menu on iOS too, like bottom right yeah. on yeah, that. Yeah, but that's something you need to activate. That's not on by default for everybody. Sure. This is this is where it gets like <laughs> when you get deep into this. It's like, wait, which are these are the default settings? I don't remember what I've customized anymore. <laughs> yeah. So if people are looking for development mode for OmniFocus for iOS, then if they tap into the settings and then scroll down, uh, there should be an automation section in the menu. And there's a configure plugins option where you should be able to see uh, plugins in iCloud Drive. Um, and you can also add linked folders, things like that. But if you toggle on developer mode, that's when you'll get that that menu in in the bottom bar. Uh, it's it's a square with a, a forward pointing greater than sign uh, and then underscore, and that's indicating the terminal. It's, um, and then you can configure plugins here. You've got the API reference and an automation console where you can theoretically just type, you know, code and have it do stuff. Um, personally, I would recommend that people create a file and type their code in the file and run and have and run that inside of OmniFocus. A, because it's very easy to split screen it. Uh, and B, because once you type the code into the console and then execute it, uh, well, then you have to copy and paste it back to get it back and edit it um, because, you know, you, you've sent it, you've run the code. Um, and uh, that was definitely something that took me a little bit to wrap my head around to start with. That writing code in the console is not necessarily great if you, you know, want to script. Uh, it's great for testing whether or not a line will give you what you're expecting, uh, but not so great necessarily for doing all the day-to-day actual running of scripts. And they also have, once you activate developer mode, a link to their API reference. So if you want to yeah. like dig into the weeds or if you're having trouble figuring out, well, how do I deal with a flag? You know, you can go in there and they've got the whole syntax laid out for you. Yeah. 
Uh, and when we say API reference, uh, I should note that that does not mean web API. That means how Omni automation works. Uh, it's, you know, uh, a programming interface. Um, so that's how you get details of tasks and things like that. That's not necessarily how you can, you know, make stuff magically happen over the internet. And also in this configure menu, um, I mentioned earlier that you can install the scripts just on a individual device or across all your devices. Uh, I, I generally do install all of them on the iCloud. So they're, they're spread out across all my devices. If I have a script, I want to be able to run on my phone or my iMac. Yeah. Yeah. Same. One other thing on the Mac, cause that's my primary tool. If you install one of these scripts, once you've, you know, open the OmniFocus JS file, it installs it into your automation menu that's up there. But if you want to make it super, super easy to get to, if you go to view and then customize toolbar, you can add it to the toolbar itself. And then it's just a one button click. That's exactly what I did with the the Kanban scripts we were talking about earlier. They're mm-hmm. just all in the menu bar up there or the toolbar. That way I can just click the individual ones I want to show me the Kanban perspective or show me the ones that are or move this project to to do or in progress or waiting clear it all out call it done like you can just put those in that toolbar and it makes it super super quick to get to yes yeah i would definitely recommend adding scripts there i think that's a feature a lot of people may not be aware with omnifocus you can put perspectives in the toolbar you can put a lot of stuff in the toolbar and make that left column almost irrelevant so i i rarely have the left column displayed because i have so much stuff in my toolbar yeah yeah same um what are some of your favorites from the list that uh, we haven't talked about today that we haven't talked about today oh david we've (laughs) talked about a lot (laughs) david's definitely being uh uh sneaky what are the plugins (laughs) that i've created which uh, i feel uh, is um, very useful specifically for me, um, which maybe uh, is not so uh, important for other people. But for, for me, especially with heavy iPad use uh, for OmniFocus, is I found it's a little bit tricky at times to create a task with multiple subtasks and have it set. So actually, this is all these subtasks are sequential um, and whether or not the, the main task is completed by its children. So I created a script. Uh, we can put the links to this in the show note. Um, where it will ask you for the main task when you run it. And then it's got, I believe, uh, five fields for subtasks. Um, you you could potentially have more, um, but I, I just went with five because that, that seems smart enough to me. Um, it's, it's a good start. You can always add more if you need to. Um, and it's not a particularly well-written script. It was something that I threw together in a hurry. But basically, it has a field for the main task. It's got two checkboxes, whether or not the the, the, the main task is sequential it defaults to parallel and whether or not the main task should be automatically completed by the child tasks when all those are completed. And then it's got five fields for subtasks that you just type in. Um, and so you just fill in those and uh, it adds all of those items to, uh, well, your inbox. Um, and then you can file it off wherever. And I found that this is very useful because I, I one of the things I love about OmniFocus is that infinite depth. Um, and that I can go as deep as I like. And so being able to add a task with multiple subtasks is uh, great. Here's one that I, I wrote this one a while back for uh, in, in AppleScript, but it's a read books script. And it's one that 
you know, I, I was using a lot and I, I dabble with it still occasionally, but being uh, someone who podcasts about books as well, like I always end up reading books on a schedule. So I, I wanted something that told me like, how many pages do I need to read each day in order to hit my goal for when I'm going to finish reading a book? So I wrote a script that would ask for the title of the book, the day you were going to start reading the book, the day you needed to be done reading the book, and then the number of pages in the book. So it would ask for those four pieces of information. And then based on your inputs to that, it would break out the book into however many number of days were there, say it's 14, it would take the 200 pages or so and create tasks for each day with due dates for each day of how many pages you're supposed to be, where are you supposed to be at in the book and such. So I wrote that in Apple script and someone took that and converted it to the Omni automation setup. So I can get you a link to this, but yeah, they've got it set up in the exact same way I do. They just converted it over to the JavaScript setup so you can run it on any of the devices now. I was going to say, if somebody hasn't already done this, I will do this uh, <laughs> by the time the show yeah. goes live. Uh, but I'm, I'm very glad to hear somebody has done it. I've got a couple maintenance scripts here that I run all the time from some fella named Auto Automator. Pretty sure that's Sal. <laughs> um, but they're, yep. they're, they're simple plugins, but they're useful. One of them, because uh, uh, I group client projects in folders, and sometimes I get two or three of these projects together, I need to put them into a folder. He's got a script that moves selected projects into a new folder, which it just, it's a simple process, but it's kind of harrowing to do it on touch devices where you're trying to drag projects to land on a folder and make sure it actually gets to the right one. And if it lands in the wrong one, then, you know, kind of getting back to the whole automation for accuracy problem. Um, and this one does a really good job of called move selected projects into a new folder and then he has another one that allows you to push out project due dates. So if you do have a due dates and suddenly you've got a bunch of due dates that aren't really applicable, uh, my advice would be remove the due dates if you can. But if you can't, um, there's a script where you can move the due date on multiple projects. And both of those are by uh, by Sal. Yes. Yeah, these are these are both really handy. And I just put the links to both of those in the show notes for people as well. Well, I guess the point is that... Um, the Omni group has done something really great here and they've given the users the ability to create features in their application via JavaScript. And, uh, and if you're an automation fan, this is something you should definitely be looking into. I would definitely agree because even if, uh, all you want to do is just, you know, copy and paste bits out from scripts that, you know, do the bits that you need, um, or chain it together and copy and paste whole scripts and put them into one. That's something you can do, and it works. And I, I would encourage people to uh, definitely explore automation with their task management uh, to see how they can make it easier for themselves. And, and one thing we haven't even mentioned is you can use this stuff to move data between Omni applications. So, like, if you're an Omni plan user, but you outline a project in Omni Focus, you could run a script. I'm not sure if it exists yet, but it could be written. Yep. There's copy selected OmniFocus tasks to OmniPlan. All right. I'll put so a link in done. the show notes. It's already done. So, you know, that the idea of moving them between, you know, Omni Outliner, OmniPlan, OmniFocus, all really sharing data between them makes a ton of sense. And um, all of that's possible with this, um, with this scripting language. So, Joe, if somebody's listening and they're, they want more from Joe, where do they go? <laughs> uh, two places I would point you to. If you want absolutely everything I do, it all gets posted at joebulig.com. 
any links, all the scripts and stuff we've talked about, you can get to all of it there. If you specifically want to see the, uh, what am I trying to say, the OmniFocus stuff that I've done, you can go to joebulig.com slash tag slash OmniFocus. That'll show you all the stuff I've done about it, including the content calendar thing we were talking about, the the stream recording for that. If you're fascinated by the analog stuff, I've been doing a lot of stuff with Analog Joe, so analogjoe.com. That's my other home on the internet. But between those two, you'll find pretty much everything I do. And we've got links to all of those in the show notes. And Joe didn't say it in the show, but I know for a fact that all these JavaScript he writes, he first writes it with a broad tip nib uh, fountain <laughs> pen, right? That's how you write False. your code, right? Definitely false. <laughs> I thought you were more of a fine nip guy, really. I, I'm a mix. Yeah, I am a mix. It depends. I, I do titles and such with broads or mediums, and I do a lot of my day-to-day stuff with fines or extra fines. <laughs> all right. Well, either way, Joe, I really appreciate you coming on. First of all, I appreciate all the work you've done to make OmniFocus better for all of us and over the years and and also coming on the show today to, to share some of that with the audience. My pleasure. It's been a joy. Thanks for having me. We we are the automators. You can find us over at relay.fm slash automators. There'll be a lot of links in today's show notes, so go check them out. If you've got OmniFocus, you owe it to yourself to check this stuff out. It's just so powerful and it is really fun. Thanks to our sponsor, SyncUp, a OneDrive podcast, PDF pen from Smile and HelloFresh. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Goodbye, everyone.